Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from the Pensions Practice at Herbert Smith Freehills. I'm Francesca Falsini and today I'll be chatting to Rachel Pinto, a partner in our pensions team, and Michael Ahern of Council, also in our pensions team. So in this podcast, we thought it would be useful for our listeners to think about some of the key themes and risks that we can expect to emerge in 2021. So starting with the Pension Schemes Bill, it's now nearly completed its passage through Parliament, and so we can expect the regulator's new powers to come into force during the course of 2021. So with that in mind, Rachel, how do you think the new measures will affect directors of DB scheme sponsors and other related parties? Thanks, Francesca. Well, just as a reminder, the Pension Schemes Bill will introduce new criminal offences and also civil penalties for directors and other parties who take action which, broadly speaking, is materially detrimental to a DB scheme and where they don't have a reasonable excuse for their actions. Now, the provisions of the bill are widely drafted and so they could catch a number of other parties, including, for example, lenders, investors, advisors. Now, directors will need to pay close attention to the new powers because they are widely drafted, and so they could impact a range of corporate activities. For example, they could restrict the scope for businesses with DB schemes to secure fresh investment, particularly where the business is in financial difficulty or the scheme has a material deficit. It's also possible that directors may have been maintaining dividend payments at a certain level to try to attract fresh investment, They'll need to consider that in the context of the new offences, where those dividends are at a level that the pensions regulator may consider to be excessive. The bill also contains significant new funding requirements for DB schemes. Schemes will need to set a long-term funding and investment target, with their technical provisions being set by reference to those. And in many cases, that's likely to result in employer contributions having to increase over time to ensure that that long-term funding objective is met. So sponsors of DB pension schemes will need to be ready to discuss that in any upcoming valuations. So turning to Michael, given the current uncertainties in relation to the economy and the ongoing impact of COVID-19 on businesses, what should trustees and sponsors be thinking about and be alert to in the coming months? Thanks, Francesca. I think the starting point is that clearly trustees have got to have an obligation to monitor their ongoing covenant risks in relation to funding and their own investments in an integrated way. And what we've seen recently is the pensions regulator come out very strongly with guidance, encouraging trustees to take a proactive view and a proactive approach to how they monitor and mitigate against risks to covenant funding and investment. Now, clearly going into 2021, there are uncertainties over the economy, COVID-19, Brexit, and how those will interact. Most trustees will already be monitoring, and, and certainly, certainly the larger schemes will already be monitoring that with covenant advisors and potentially have frameworks in place. I think the significant point is, well, how is a covenant going to be impacted coming off the back of the ending of, of government assistance, potentially in April? Is that going to have a material effect? And also then looking at whether their, their covenants in particular 
and their sponsors are, have particular uh, risks associated with, for for example, Brexit. Now, that work really ought to have already been done. To the extent it hasn't been done, trustees should be looking at that quite urgently and understanding and having discussions with their sponsors about what their sort of risk management procedures in in place and how they are attempting to mitigate the risks around COVID and and Brexit. But the the message from the pension regulator is trustees shouldn't be waiting until there's a problem or something urgent. They should be proactive and they they should be taking steps early on in the process to identify any risks and, and taking steps to mitigate those. Okay, so moving on to perhaps one of the positives from 2020 uh, was that we saw quite a lot of um, environmental, social and governance issues uh, climb up the agenda and receive uh, much greater attention from policymakers, regulators, businesses and investors. So, Michael, what can we expect in the next year in this area and what should trustees and sponsors be thinking about in relation to ESG matters? Well, ESG's clearly been at the forefront of government's thinking, particularly climate change, which in the run-up to COP26, which is going to be in Edinburgh at the end of next year, 2021 now, delayed from 2020, it's clearly going to be high on the agenda. We've seen the government come out in November with this joint roadmap to what's called TCFD disclosures, which is the task force on climate change related financial disclosures. So all large asset owners in the UK will have to report on that basis by 2022. And the government's starting with large occupational pension schemes, 5 billion plus, we expect they will have those schemes and there are about 30, 30, 40 of those schemes in the country. They will need to be compliant and disclosing in line with TCFD by the end of the year. And we're expecting draft regulations and draft guidance on that in January, subject to the pension schemes bill receiving royal assent. Now, TCFD, a lot of the schemes, the government did a brief survey in 2019 um, of the 40 largest DB schemes in the country. And and around half or over half said that they weren't doing anything in relation to TCFD. That's prompted the government to bring in these these changes as well. So it's going to be quite a steep learning curve, I think, for a lot of pension scheme advisors. There's going to be, I think, a rush to get expert advice and bring people in to the organisations, the the trustees uh, organisations who who have the knowledge, skill and expertise to implement this. And and TCFD is not just a disclosure regime, it's kind of a whole governance regime, which is reported again. So I think it is going to be a bit of a fundamental shift uh, for those larger schemes. And then that's going to trickle down into the sort of next tier, which is the 1 billion to 5 billion assets under management schemes, and then potentially even further than that, lower down. So I do think there's going to be a real uh, getting up the curve on, on this stuff. And what's going to be really interesting is is to see the level of member engagement and how both the regulator government and, and sort of civil action groups use those disclosures on climate related factors from from the pension schemes which have to be made publicly available in order to potentially either pressure trustees to make more change or to sort of challenge trustees on on what they're doing and and the level of what they're doing and there's also a point here for sponsors about you know are they happy with the level of engagement 
by their trustees on climate related factors if if the if a sponsor is taking a very proactive approach to say net zero and putting in place challenging targets so net zero ahead of the sort of paris agreement 2050 so say they're bringing it forward to 2030 or 2040 if the pension scheme is sort of lagging behind there does that present some kind of reputational risk so i think it's going to be a huge area of focus next year for the pensions industry and I think it's uh, it's an area that certainly the, those larger scheme trustees are really going to have to get to grips with very quickly. OK, great. Thank you, Michael. So turning back to Rachel, what developments do you expect to see in the de-risking space over the next 12 months? Thanks, Francesca. Well, I mean, if we look at the over the last year, it was another really busy one for the insurance de-risking market. Despite all the uncertainties caused by COVID-19, I think it's fair to say that at the beginning of the pandemic, um, there was a loss of uncertainty and and people were concerned that transactions may be delayed or um, put on hold indefinitely. But it has been another busy year for the market. And the predictions are that the market shows no signs of slowing down in 2021. Outside the insurance market, obviously, we've been hearing a lot about the emergence of the consolidators. And I know that both of the main players in that market have said publicly that they have a number of active deals lined up to transact relatively early in 2021. So I think it will be really interesting to see how things develop in that space over the next year. And finally... So we've now had the second judgment in the Lloyds Bank GMP equalisation litigation. What does this mean for schemes as they move forwards with their GMP equalisation projects over the coming year? Well, the latest judgment requires trustees of DB schemes with GMPs to be proactive in revisiting historic cash equivalent transfer values and to top them up if they were previously calculated on an unequalised basis. And the top-up payment should be made to the receiving scheme, whether that scheme is a DB or DC occupational scheme or a personal pension scheme or an overseas scheme. And as well as looking at individual statutory transfers, trustees will also need to look at any non-statutory individual transfers that have been made under their scheme rules, in addition to any bulk transfers that have been paid from their scheme, And they'll need to consider whether the judgment might also require them to top up those transfers. And now the main challenge, I think, with this whole exercise is likely to be around data and and record keeping. Many trustees just won't have the records of all the historic transfers that have been made from their scheme and or else they won't have the data required to calculate any top up that might be due. If schemes are in the process of winding up, they'll need to also consider how to deal with any potential residual liability in light of the latest judgment. And so I think all of these things will be challenges um, for trustees in what is, of course, already a complex um, project that they're undertaking in relation to GMP equalisation. Wow. So a lot to think about in 2021 by the sounds of it. Great. Well, thank you both. That brings us to the end of today's podcast. Uh, We hope you all enjoyed listening. Be sure to join us for future episodes by subscribing via the Herbert Smith Freehills channel on Spotify, iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you have any questions or feedback, please don't hesitate to get in touch with one of us or your usual HSF contact.